Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lobanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke. During the conversation we were having off mic to the to the show here, and I'll just I'll just say it. We do feel bad that we didn't <laughs> provide you guys some sort of emergency Shake Milton podcast over the weekend. We feel bad. We also feel like, you know, you've, you're not only on the content grind, you've got a full-time, like, big kid job. And as a guy who's, like, full-time in the content grind, generally we try to carve out, there's, like, a period at the end of the calendar year and then a period sort of around the 4th of July where, like, unless something huge happens, it's really nice to just unplug for, like, three or four days. Mm-hmm. So we kind of do the line at, if they trade Carl Anthony Towns or above, like Gobert Towns or whatever else that could be. Okay, like you'll jump off your pontoon. <laughs> I will leave the Usher concert at uh, uh, Park MGM in Vegas, and we will we will convene. And and we decided that Troy Brown Jr. and Shake Milton did not rise to that level. That we can we'll get to it a couple days later. So we feel cut. We I know people have been clamoring for this. We're going to hit you with all of our takes. We feel a little bit bad, but we also feel refreshed. So it's well, a, hopefully a good compromise. I'm not, I, I would push back. I don't feel refreshed. I've been drinking a lot <laughs> these last five days. Um, but no, I, I should, it, it was, uh, I texted you this before I flew back to, to Minnesota, but uh, we celebrated our one year birthday last year for Flagrant Howls or for last That's week. Right. I think we did 69 episodes in the first season. Uh, but nice. it was, it was really cool that Troy Brown Jr. signed and there was a bunch of people in my mentions when I could read Twitter, that is. Uh, that were like, hey, we, we need an emergency pod. So how far uh, we've come, how far? I, we've yeah, come, look yeah. how far we've come. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> and we have a lot of thoughts. I've been taking notes. Uh, haven't watched a ton of Troy Brown uh, film yet, but I have some thoughts on if he will even play. But uh, the Wolves were active. They, they, they do the Nas Reed thing, right? You and I had a pretty good pod on that. And then that was like the big domino. There was all sorts of possibilities. They're carving out the mid-level. They, they don't... Um, bring back Torian Prince, all this stuff. And then they, you know, I think Tim Conley is cooking right now. If he was uh, at the poker table, he's pretty warm and he's got a lot of chips after having negative chips. Wow. But a uh, big weekend for Tim Conley, big weekend for Anthony Edwards, big weekend for Timberwolves fans, big weekend for Margarita Mixes uh, in Park Rapids, Minnesota. And a big weekend for the Mackies who uh, hit a nice little, I don't know, like $300 pull on the Crazy Rich Asians slot machine. At oh, there Aria. we go. So, okay. Very exciting. It, it like made a bunch of noise and lit up and stuff. And people thought that maybe we won the grand prize and they were like taking pictures and stuff. So we, we kind of acted like, oh, it's all like we won the grand prize. But it really wasn't. Well, and you, you too, uh, you were texting me from, you did 48 hours, right? We'll get into Wolf stuff, but 48 Dude, hours in Vegas. Perfect. So this is, I think, the third or fourth time that my wife and I have done Vegas together. And the other times, it's it, they've been fun trips, don't get me wrong. And, and I firmly believe you don't need to gamble to have fun in Vegas. Facts. I would say like 5 to 10% of our, not even 10, like 5% of our time is just like, let's sip on a drink while we like hang out at a Wheel of Fortune slot machine for yep. 20 minutes and then... Go to a show. Go. We, we love to just like get up in the morning and walk around before it gets too hot. You know, walk on the strip. But we've kind of found now, forty-eight hours, seventy-two is too much. A third night is too much. It just gets to be like too exhausting, too expensive. Everything. You fly in for us. We fly in on a Friday night, have some fun on the Friday night. Devote mm-hmm. your Saturday, maybe a little pool time early. 
maybe a little concert late. For us, it was Usher at uh, Park MGM. Yeah. And then you do a little, you know, have a little brunch in the morning on the way out. And by the way, it leaves you not feeling horrible about yourself. That, I'm so glad that you've solved the riddle. Uh, it doesn't make me Nobody feel Nobody in better. the history of the world has solved this until the Mackies that, did. That by third, the way, again, week. we could just do an hour on Vegas trips, but that third night is the one that's always tough. I'm, Dane Moore and I are headed out there for Summer League this week, and Dane's, I think, staying for like eight nights, which, I mean, if we never hear from him again, wouldn't be surprised. But uh, even that third night, it's like, oh, my God, like, ugh. Yeah. So, and uh, it, like, when you book the trip, you don't think much of it. No. But when no, you wake up on that morning, you're like, oh, my, oh, my gosh. Wow. I Yeah, I fly on Friday morning. And when I wake up, uh, I'm staying till Monday night. When I wake up Sunday morning, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go home, like ready to start a new week, and I got to stay again. But uh, hopefully, Josh Minot uh, and and the young pups will uh, entertain me enough this weekend. Yes. But before them, like I said, uh, I, I I do need to know what your thoughts were on the Wolves have a bunch of new faces now that are replacing some of our, you know, beloved friends like Austin Rivers, Torian Prince. Those guys seem like they're gone for good. Obviously, TP signed with the Lakers, yeah. but uh. Some new, some new faces uh, in the mix. So I'm curious so, what you think. I think, and we'll get to the, the Ant contract, and we'll kind of yeah, put a yeah, bow yeah. on the Towns Rivers and stuff. So we'll, let's, yeah, let's start with sort of the roster. They, as of right now, unless something crazy happens, they are essentially running it back with the main pieces with some different trimmings. Mm-hmm. And I will say two things. Number one, I still don't know how far they can really go with the Gobert Towns thing. And I, unfortunately, right. we didn't find out nearly as much as we wanted to last year about that pairing, right? Like we're still sort of asking the same questions we were right a year ago when we were doing the, like we were literally doing the emergency go bear podcast, like a year ago today or yesterday <laughs> asking questions like, can those guys play together for, you know, X amount of minutes a night? Can they play together in the playoffs? Can they, this, can they, that is Rudy Gobert the same guy that he was a couple of years ago? Like all these things are still up in the air. So I I will preface by saying I don't know that running it back with the main core is the best thing you can do. I understand why they are. I think they even probably kicked the tires behind the scenes to see what they could get for a Carl Anthony Towns, and then maybe yep. they landed on you no. Know, it's just the value that you know with the new CBA that contract is just sort of an albatross going forward. So maybe they floated some stuff and they just landed on hey. Let's run it back. Let's fix some of the trimmings. So that's my first take. My second take is I really like the trimmings. Yeah. I, I really yeah. like the fact that you've got, I mean, dude, just like look at the ages of some of these guys. Like Jade McDaniels is technically trimmings still. And he mm-hmm. and, and he'll, I'm sure, agree to a new contract at some point too. 22 years old. Nas Reed is back. He's 23 years old. Shake Milton is still only 26 years old, even though he's been around the block a few years. Troy Brown Jr., 23, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 24, Wendell Moore, 21, Josh Minot, who we both love, who I think is going to carve up the summer league here starting this oh, week, oh. 20 years old. You know, uh, Leonard Miller, 19, Jalen Clark's going to be a non-factor this year because of the injury, but, like, he's 21. So I love that they've, they've got all of these, uh, like, with, with Shake and Troy Brown, who are going to be rotation guys, six foot five, six foot six, big, like, sort of lo- big for their, you know, swing positions. Shake Milton's a combo guard who's six foot five. Fifty-five percent of his shots, Kyle, are in the paint or at the rim, and he can shoot threes. He can play point guard, off ball, like versatility, length, athleticism, and and youthfulness. I think are are traits that I would describe the Wolves' uh, like peripheral pieces as. And I so I, I like what they're doing. I don't know if the total package is the right thing for a year from now, but I. I sort of like the way they've shaken this thing up. No pun intended. <laughs> the cool thing about this community, especially with the Wolves fans, is that we're all kind of in it together and we all kind of talk and use the same language and stuff. So one thing, I I said this to Dan the other day, but like one thing I want to push back on, especially in lieu of the conversations about Vegas and cards and all stuff, what you just said is really good and should kill the idea that the Timberwolves are all in that the Rudy Gobert trade was all in. Oh, and they have a first-round draft pick next year. Right, right. So I we will probably just end up talking about this until 2030 about the Gobert trade, but I do want to, like, now that you start to see this come out, five of the 15 players on their roster are north of 25. So they have 10 guys, as you just listed them all, that are under 25 years old, right? And Shake Melton's 26. But they're not all in. They are very pot-committed, as you and I, poker fans, like to use that term. Like, they're very 
running it back, leaning into this too big thing, seeing if they can get another year of it. Like they're very pot committed. They gave up a lot of assets, but they have two thirds of their roster is like puppies, right? Like they haven't, they're, they don't get talked about in the same way that these other young cores like OKC and some of these Orlando get talked about. It's like, dude, two thirds of the roster is under 25. So I really think that's a good point to bring up also too, like on the deals themselves, uh, Troy Brown Jr. was like what two two years eight and a half million ever, but that second with, year with that, options, right? Yeah, team the, options. The, the Troy Brown one is a is a team option in year two. The Shake Milton one is a team option in year two. I think they got Nikhil on two full guaranteed years, but he's kind of the young fringe core piece you wanted to add. You know that you got at the deadline. So again, not only did they get good trimmings that filled this perfectly like detailed, but they also they're they're lining things up that I don't. I don't still think Carl gets traded this summer, but they're starting to have like Kyle or Kyle Anderson's a free agent next summer. Mike Conley, you could get rid of shake Milton. You get rid of Troy Brown. Like you're going to figure out next summer, what this roster is going to look like for the next three years. Yes. Um, but you gave yourself flexibility. And that's why to go back to Tim Conley, he's cooking. He's cooking. Like we, we have slapped him on the wrist for the Rudy Gobert trade multiple different ways. Find me a, move he's made since then that wasn't like holy bleep like that was good because they've all been yeah. really good and they're and they're yeah. keep and they make sense we talked about this last week. they're connected and they make sense like having player options next year that gives you the flexibility not that you know not the player and then you see some of the the guys that were included on the way out like malik beasley who went from being a 20 million dollar yeah, a year guy yeah, right, to he literally point. didn't he sign like a two and a half Sound like a million dollar. He's like a veteran's minimum minimum with the bucks, which I actually really, really, really like that move for him and them. But again, for the regular season, mate, I think he's going to be playing in like the fourth quarter of a Eastern conference finals game. But he's one of those guys that you're starting to see in the NBA is like innings eater, right? Like he can, Mm -hmm. you know, I think he led the league in threes off the bench for the Lakers last year. Like if he can give that for the bucks and allow they're you know, they're like an older roster now with drew and Middleton and Brooke Lopez, like just give them more, wiggle room to rest some guys in the regular season. But yeah, Malik Beasley veteran minimum. I think Pat Bev vet minimum in Philly, like Vanderbilt yeah. doesn't really play in the playoffs. D'Lo took a pretty sizable. I mean, he still got paid, right? He can still go to Croatia in the summer, but, but that's not what he, that's yeah. not the max contract. And, and by the way, he's going to essentially get frozen out by like Gabe Vincent's going to be a, probably a bigger yeah. factor at point guard for the Lakers when it's all said and done. It is. It, it, and I, I mean, they gave up a bunch of first round picks, but but to your point, like about not being all in. OK, so you you don't have a handful of first round picks. I think there's still an odd misperception, though, that they've that they've traded all of their first round picks. No, yeah, they still I, have yeah, a first round yeah. pick like they literally have a first round pick next year. And then every, you know, the even years they have first round picks until they acquire they'll, more in some deal. They'll have four, they'll have first in the next four of seven drafts and maybe five. If the, if it's 2029, it's like top five protected. But in the next seven drafts, four of those years, they'll have a draft pick. Now yes. they can't control some of that because it's, you know, it could be uh, a pick swap or whatever. So like you can't trade the 2026 one, but yeah, again, like they have a lot of picks coming up. And if they're as good as if Walker Kessler sucked, the Rudy Gobert trade would look so much different because none of the other players that were in that are above average. Yeah. And if Kessler would have just been a stiff, but nah, I digress. But I think just to put a, a bow on the Tim Connolly part of this, do you think maybe now that we've let this whole year play out and we've, we've seen how he operates on the margins with his other trades, starting with like the Conley trade, getting, getting Conley for, Mm-hmm. For D'Lo getting getting the kill Alexander Walker, the second round picks, which he then like then he starts spinning those into like moving up for the 33rd pick. And then the moves he's made just in free agency here. Like I almost feel like ownership had a big maybe it was it what I'm just speculating here, but is it more likely now that Laurie and A-Rod were kind of saying, Yeah, yeah, do it, you know, do it, mm-hmm. do it. You know, you you're presenting ideas and saying, Hey, here's the conversations we've had. We've had a DeJounte Murray conversation. This is a year ago. DeJounte Murray conversation. We've had this one. We've, we've had a Gobert conversation. And that the new, the, the new, you know, excited owners are saying, yeah, man, do it, do it. Let's, let's get some energy in here. Let's get fans excited. It felt so reckless. Like, why would you, everything we talked about a year ago, why would you make a trade like that 10 minutes after getting the job 
And and now all these other moves he's making are very calculated. It's like small little, you talk about poker. It's like he's picking up small pots, building this thing, right? Why put all your chips in like that right away? It, it almost felt like it was outside of how he did it in Denver and outside of everything else he's done here in Minnesota so far. This, like many other Wolves front office regimes, like this will end either in a dumpster fire or success where there'll be, you know, the book written or like I always say the the team DVD at some point, And it might not be for a decade. I think we're going to get clarity on that. Like, I think at some point someone down the road is going to spill the tea to, you know, our friend John Krasinski or someone and let that know. But there's, it's two ways to look at it, right? Like Tim Connolly, every transaction is signed off by him. He's driving the car. But in the Rudy Gobert situation, if if the person riding shotgun was damn near in his lap yelling at him to take this exit, like, go get yeah, Rudy, go on. get Rudy. Come on, come on. <laughs> then, you know, like, there's some influence there. You can, you can make the pass, make the pass. Like, on those, like, <laughs> right. like two-lane country roads. You got it, you got it. Go. I was going 98 in a Chevy Blazer yesterday. Anyway, uh, no, so it, it, at the end of the day, it's still on Tim. And then you could be like, well, if Tim's the president and he's getting paid all this money, shouldn't he be able to say no to Mark Laurie? I don't know, man. Have you ever had a job where there's people above you? Like you can be, you know, a really high up person, but if someone above you is like, you got to do this, you don't really have any other way to do it. So, yeah. and I don't know that that's how it played out. I'm but it like, makes, but to your point of like the connected moves and all these things, I, I'm not even like really that pro Tim Conlon. I think we've been pretty critical of him. I'm just saying that every move since then, like the Walker Kessler pick was his first ever move. It was like in order of operations. It happened before Kyle Anderson. He might have drafted one of the best defensive yeah. players in the league. When, when you go back and look at that draft, because now we're starting to do, we're bored at summer, like let's redraft 2022. Walker Kessler was not the loved by many, myself included. Like a lot of people are just like, oh, is that another like Myers Leonard situation? Big tall white guy from kind of like the Big Ten or whatever coming in and he's going to be a stiff. He's really good. That was his first move. He signs Kyle Anderson. Wendell Moore, TBD, Josh Minot, we think we're pretty high on. And then every move since then, he waited for D'Lo the perfect timing. He didn't extend him and he got tangible assets that he's now like re-signed now turned one of those seconds into Leonard Miller. So he's done a lot of good things and it does seem like more than anything, he's just, I don't know, maybe just like, this is my job now. Like I've, he's embraced it and he feels good. (laughs) He, I mean, this is where he like on the margins, finding these second round guys. That's where he, the Nicole Jokic thing, right? Like that's where he's in his best. It's just finding those kind of market inefficiencies of, Leonard Miller, that guy was a lottery pick in a lot of people's eyes. I'm just going to move up and go get that guy and add him to our young stable of, like you said, six, seven, six, eight, six, nine athletes. So he still, he might never get out from under the Rudy Gobert deal. Like he might, his goal might just be to break even from a transactional standpoint, but it's better than like if he would have, you know, extended deal for four years, 150 million, right? Like the market showed you that that's not a thing anymore. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Great free agency. I thought they would maybe go in a couple of different directions. Obviously the Bruce Brown thing like was never going to happen because he got a ton of money from Indiana. Dante DiVincenzo got a ton of money from the Knicks. So yeah, I like Shake Milton. I don't think Troy Brown will play because I don't, he's, I don't know. I don't know if you've dug into the tape, Phil, but uh, shoot some threes long, Plays a little defense, but I would just rather see Josh Minot get those minutes. Yeah, <laughs> he's I more mean, of a developmental piece. So that's the thing. Like, it's, I agree with you. And I, I think Josh Minot is going to go off in summer league. I mean, in the G League, he was a 21 his, and eight and three his guy, quotes, right? They're doing like, like training camp this summer or this week for the summer league team. But like his quotes to, I think, Jace Frederick and a couple other guys was, you and I were talking about it off camera. Like, he seems, very content as a 20 year old he turns 21 later this year but also like hey i'm not i'm not red shirting again like like i want to start to show that like i mean he was he's a 20 year old kid going to vegas and he wasn't talking about offense he's like i know every defensive scheme they want me to know and that was him subtly kind of being like hey finch like you have to play me this year you have to find a way to put me in the rotation yeah he seemed like and I, I'm, and I, I wish I had the context of like seeing the video of it. I just am reading the quotes too, like yeah, yeah. But it almost seems like he had a little, little chip on his shoulder that he didn't get more run last year. Mm-hmm. That they, all these guys were injured and stuff, and and he basically said like, well, I'm gonna have to force force an opportunity to be given to me. So I think of all these guys in this bin, like once you get past the the obvious eight or nine man rotation. Let's say that let's say like the obvious eight are in terms of like your rotation, 
Gobert Towns, Jade McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, Conley, those are your starters. Nas Reed. Nas Reed. Nas Reed. Um, Kyle Anderson, Shake Milton. Those are probably your top eight in terms of minutes. And then maybe like a Nikhil Alexander-Walker as a nine. Trey Brown probably shows up like 10th on that list mm-hmm. right now. I would love to see Josh Minot and maybe even Leonard Miller mm-hmm. climb up. Like like Troy Brown Jr. should be sort of, and I, there might be still should be some upside there. He's still young. But he should almost be the bar that you're looking for. Wendell Moore Jr., different position, but like Wendell Moore Jr., Josh Minot, Leonard Miller. Can you guys climb over this and fight for one of those like last couple bench rotation spots? I, I would love for that to happen at some point. Troy Brown did shoot, I think, thirty eight percent from three last year. So he, right, he's but, a, but he's he a better also, like, shooter than Josh, at least at this moment. But because we're a gonna lot of, a lot of guys shoot thirty eight percent when they get to play LeBron. with LeBron yeah. and Anthony Davis. He's a. I will say this: Troy Brown Jr. for his career is a very good corner three point shooter, pretty consistently. And he's not a guy that like he's not going to dribble around, and he's pretty much just going to like he'll shoot shots if he's open in the corner or wherever. But he is a forty percent corner three point shooter for his career. So, and yeah, you can you can put him out there and he'll knock down some shots. Just like spoiler alert, at some point October November, you and I will just be on this like ranting about how he should be benched. I mean, it's no fault <laughs> to him. He's he seems. I actually someone said he's like a really 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 great kid. He yeah. played basketball at Oregon. Uh, but it's going to start again. Going back to the politics of like the salary cap and how much each person makes. I would imagine Troy Brown is slotted in on the depth chart ahead of Josh to start the season. But as we've known before, like Austin Rivers was like really important in the rotation and then falls out in DNPs for two months. So I would imagine it starts with Troy. But then at some point, Josh just says, like, I am younger, cheaper and more of a developmental piece long term. So I'm just going to take your minutes. But, yeah, I think the depth chart stuff is something that as this because we're, we're slowing down. Free agency went really fast. We have a week of summer league and then we're going to hit July, August, where we don't really know what to talk about. When we rate jerseys. Uh, Dude, I, I still have my top 100 Timberwolves list that's almost complete. I, I can't, I, that's going to be a big moment in August. We might have to go live for that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just, I was wrong on so many things last year, and that's what makes this fun is just seeing what you were wrong on. But the one thing that I was right on and you were with me is that it was going to be a really deep team, maybe the deepest team ever um, in this in this franchise. This next year team is going to be way deeper than that team was. I mean, because you just listed off a 9-10 man rotation. Jordan McLaughlin right now, was like your... 20 minutes a game backup point guard before the calf injury. We didn't even mention him. Right. He's we didn't back, mention right? him. Didn't I mean right now. I don't think in a 10 man rotation, Josh is in it. I don't think Wendell's in it. Like they did bring back Luca Garza again on a two way. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll ever dress. Uh, so you're just seeing like, okay, you have a lot of, and they still have a roster spot, right. To go maybe bring back a, a veteran player that just sits on the bench and adds to the culture. So very mm-hmm. deep team. And that's what they're going to lean into again is, you know, that kind of got them through the Carl injury, but, uh, Still a wonky kind of fit, right, with Carl and Rudy and then bringing in Kyle and Nas. But, yeah, one through seven, one through eight, that's a, that's a pretty tough lineup that has a lot of size and a lot of, uh, a lot of length. Yes, just need to, then to avoid punching each other uh, if, if I, at all possible. Um, I have an Anthony Edwards take for you, and then we have to oh, put God. a bow on the Carl Anthony Towns rumors from over the weekend. Uh, but let's first talk about, you mentioned, I think off microphone, think it was off microphone i can it blends together for us sometimes uh that you were on a pontoon at times over the weekend and if you are one of the loyal listeners here of flagrant howls you can get yourself into a pontoon a bennington pontoon perhaps at power lodge or miller marine power lodge has locations in brainerd anemia and ramsey miller marine in st cloud and kyle uh I mean, if you're looking for just like off-season reset, recharge, is there a better place to be than just sitting on a pontoon on a beautiful lake, beautiful summer day, not a cloud in the sky? I I literally wanted to bring this up on this podcast. Many people listening to this are from the... I literally think being on a pontoon on a lake is the... If we drafted like best moments <laughs> of your life or whatever, I told my wife this week, I was like, I'd rather be on a pontoon in a lake than be in Hawaii. Like, I just, I love it so much. We had great weather. We were on a Bennington all weekend. Uh, but no, pontoon, pon, I mean, I was just ripping off tweets. No one could see them. But drinking beer, being on a pontoon, I was basically like Finch, but with an actual social yeah. media account. Elon, by the way, uh, powerlodge.com, millermarine.com, powerlodge.com, millermarine.com. 
Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready to eat meals, always fresh, chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy to use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from six to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time. You can sign up and save and we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash Howells50 and use code Howells50 to get 50% off. That's code Howells50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Go check out Factor Meals. Uh, Elon got my eight dollars a month. Finally, tweet, de- tweet deck was the last draw for me. Let's let's so, pivot to that really quick. Um, there was, I'll keep it short. There was a stigma, I think, when like, and I, I don't know, when legacy check marks went away and all that stuff. Um, I'm with you. I don't like him because I just don't. I think it's probably a unique. I don't know. In my business school, they didn't teach me to limit the access to your product while also trying to drive advertising revenue that those yeah. two don't seem to align but uh i think he's going to get me too because as much as i hate twitter sometimes like i need it to kind of stay on top of stuff and i don't know what the hell blue sky is uh so not going to make it to that and then i guess instagram is going to have their own tw- i don't know i don't really trust Zuckerberg, yeah so, so like meta meta is like smelling some blood in the water here and they're going to create something but so tweet gonna, deck yeah. for the six people that understand no, this what is good go off about. on tweet deck TweetDeck has been around. It, it was a third-party app like 13 years ago, and then Twitter bought it. So congrats to whoever created TweetDeck and got paid. And so it's essentially just like a layout. It's a web-based layout of all of the people you follow, but then all the categories. Mm-hmm. So you know, if, you, if you're an idiot like me and you need to keep tabs on what's happening in different leagues and teams and stuff, I have people categorized. And living without that for like three days over the weekend was just a very difficult traumatic experience for old Macadac. When and and so they they built they rebuilt tweet they shut it down rebuilt it and now are putting it behind the $8 a month paywall. And so I I will now be paying $8 a month and you get the verified blue check mark too, but like I just need I just want TweetDeck. Yeah, and if I that's want... behind a paywall then I okay. Yeah, if there's any accountants listening to this or tax people, uh if there's a way for me to write off paying for Twitter, that would be a great uh great tip but i'm gonna have to do it too because man i I tried to log off this weekend it was on a vacation but when the dame trade demand came through and i just kept trying to scroll and it kept saying rates limit exceeded (laughs) it was it was probably more about me than it was about elon or anyone else i was just like this is i i need this app i need this app more than i need oxygen so you can you can know as if i was like 600 tweets in a day you think how quickly you would scroll through 600 Social media posts, especially on that platform. If I could get a, imagine, quick, 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 quick tangent, then we'll go back to Ant. I've always thought, like, if you believe in heaven, whatever you do, like, after life, I'd love to go somewhere where I could just start pulling audits of, like, like what was what what was the best meal I ever had in my life? Like, mm. some pearly gates, like, they would just tell you, this is what it was. It was here's your top five. Here's your Mount yeah, Rushmore. Yeah, here's your top right five. Here. Yeah, here's your Mount Rushmore of the best mm-hmm. things. And you could apply that to anything. But if I could also be like, hey, how many tweets were, were I was I seeing in a in a given day during like NBA off season? That number might scare the hell out of me because oh it's yeah because that that number is like what I could Elon said I could do three hundred to six hundred, buddy. I'm probably pulling thirty thousand. Yeah, on like I, a same free agent same. first day of free agency, <laughs> and that's like in an hour while I'm in the bathroom. Like that, those numbers would be unreal. So, congratulations! Now you have unlimited access, and you're probably a Tesla shareholder. Amazing. All right, here's my Anthony Edwards take for you. I love the fact, well, I'll start here and say, okay. Andrew Wiggins signed that max contract, like whatever it was, four years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was like this begrudging fans, even the organization, like Glenn Taylor had to sit Andrew Wiggins down and say, okay, before we slide this briefcase of cash over, before we back this Brinks truck up into your driveway, I need you to look me in the eye. Promise me that you will continue to get better as a player. Because they're, they're basically saying, well, we, we pretty much have to give you this contract because we're at that point in the process here. 
but we don't really think you're a franchise player. So look me in the eye and promise us that you'll become a franchise player, right? And, and like, he signs it, and then the next season, he's clearly not a franchise player again. He's shooting long twos and breaking and stuff. He was always destined to be, like, the third or fourth guy just kind of filling the cracks on a good team. And he did brilliantly with Golden State. My ant take for you, Kyle, is I love that there's no need for eye contact. There's no, there's no need to sit him down and be like, okay, Anthony, this is a lot of money now. So before we slide this over to you and hand you the pen here, I need you to look me in the eye and promise that you're going to be driven enough, that you're going to be a leader enough, that you're going to be able to rise up in big games score, rebound, pass, all the things we need from a max franchise player. Like, unless I'm missing something, there's no, there's nobody on the planet that thinks, ooh, I don't know that you should give Anthony Edwards this big contract, right? So much different than when they did it. I think with Cat, most people felt like, ah, all right, yeah, he's, he's kind of a unicorn. You got to give him the contract. And then he waited to sign it for a long time. If you remember that, that was a couple years ago. Um, but just, it's not an Andrew Wiggins situation here. You can hand him the contract, and you don't need any promises, and it's awesome. I'm so I'm so glad you brought that up because I was thinking about Wiggins and and Cat too, and again, each you know the Wiggins one was different because they were like, hey, we need you to give us some assurances before we hand over a quarter of a billion dollars, which is like, oh, maybe that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Carl one, I I honestly didn't remember that. That it, but like now it was like the end of the Tom Thibodeau era, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was it like was there like was some Jimmy. Was, holding like some sort of leverage or whatever because i do remember like wow this is dragging into august or september this kind of sucks um but that again each person has their own situation or whatever i just want to focus on ant and i think you're spot on uh i joked last week or whatever that like the nas reed thing was one of the biggest moments in wolves franchise history because they actually discovered a you know underappreciated asset and built it up and then rewarded it and it everyone won in that scenario wolves won the coaching staff won or whatever the ant thing actually is, Phil, like, and this is sad about this franchise. It is probably like one of the five to ten biggest moments because it was clean cut. It was professional. As soon as he signed it, he was still underpaid. Uh, the the verbiage from Woj that came out that was like Tim Conley now has his piece to build the entire franchise around. Mm-hmm. That stuff is told to those guys. Like Woj didn't make that up. Like someone told that to him, whether it be Ant's agent or Tim Connolly. Uh, and that reaffirms what we heard at exit interviews. Like, I'm gonna everything we do moving forward needs to be around Ant. And he's you know, he, he's setting up some charities, doing some things locally. Uh, there's a good piece by John Krasinski about it, but everything is just with him right now is the momentum is so strong that it's like it, it feels like this franchise can succeed in spite of itself because they have Ant and like they have so much to do and we just talked about how the roster is still wonky and they have these guys and it's so expensive but i've always said that as long as you have anthony edwards who was a miracle and i know that sounds hyperbolic but like that 2020 draft with covid and we're all stuck at home yeah and we can't do it like and the ringer and all these other platforms were like this draft sucks and we didn't have march madness so you couldn't see these guys didn't have a combine that was a really tough plane to land having the number one pick, right? A lot of people were like, oh, I would hate to have the first pick in this draft. You rarely actually get the best player. I mean, yeah, Wemby probably is going to be the best player, but like, there's a lot of times that the best player from a draft is third pick or sixth pick, whatever, like Jason Tatum. Uh, they got the best player in a really, really, I mean, look at all the other guys that signed, right? LaMelo, Halliburton, like yeah. Dane, they all got maxes. They got the best player in one of the better drafts, and it's going to allow them to make some mistakes because he is just going to clean up those mistakes. So I thought it was a really cool moment. I know it dragged on a couple days, but I think that's because he was in Turks and Caicos just hanging out. New, a- new agency, right? New agency. There's some, yeah, there was some like weird stuff about like it might take an extra day or so to make sure that the the cut goes to the right people or whatever. But uh, it's just a big moment because you have him signed. There's no player option, right? Like he's here. He's going to be here for the rest of the 2020s until he, you know, possibly eventually pulls a Damian Lillard or whatever. But you have a window now with stability and structure. It's like this kid's here till 2030. We might have made a hiccup in 2022 with Rudy. Or we might have made a hiccup in 2024 with Carl or whatever. But as long as we got this kid and he wants to get better and he is the on and off court kind of culture 
that you talk about all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's a big moment for them. So they don't get anything. They don't get a playoff berth. They don't, they didn't actually succeed by signing the kid they drafted, but to get it done with, to do it cleanly and to have them here is, uh, should give anyone optimism. Yeah. And it's fine. It's like, for all the reasons you laid out, there are some drafts that are just a no brainer who the number one pick is going to be, but in those drafts where it isn't necessarily, or in those drafts where maybe you're, you're picking like somewhere else in the top 10, it's not a guarantee that you get to this level of contract where it's, it's a max contract coming out of the rookie. I mean, how many, how many players have the wolves drafted in the top 10 in their franchise history, the last 20 years that, either didn't get the second contract period, or if they did, it was with a different team for a lot less than a max. Right. I mean, it's so <laughs> it's a, it's a low bar to clear, but just nailing a, a draft pick in the first round to the degree that they did here. And he just seems to have, he seems to have the game, the demeanor, the leadership, the personality to be able to be the first player since Kevin Garnett, truly to be able to rise above the muck that tends to be this franchise mm-hmm. and maybe and maybe pick it up by its britches. You know, I think Cat has tried in his own way and Wiggins was never really that guy. I think Kevin Love maybe maybe thought for a little bit that he could be the guy. I think R- Ricky Rubio just wasn't a good enough player. He couldn't shoot, right? Like he was just kind of a had like an old man game. This is the first time since Garnett where you feel like they finally have a guy that can kind of elevate everything above the muck and the fray here, barring injury or like even, even like the Timberwolvesian things that happened with the Gobert trade and you know, the, the punching of teammates and punching a wall. Like it just feels like there might be some stuff like that that happens, but he's, he is such a presence that he's going to be able to, to rise above it. Well, and we'll never really know, but like maybe his presence is why Nas Reed stayed. Maybe Nas Reed actually just looked at the market. I was like, I'm well, not going to get his enough. But like, maybe- by the way, are you following right now? So as we record this, the Nas Reed press conference is happening. And Tim Connolly said, I can't tell you how many of his teammates constantly hit me up the last few weeks saying, let's get, let's get Nas back. Let's get Nas done. So I mean, Anthony Edwards is probably one of those probably guys. leading that charge. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I will say, cause I'm, I want to close this part with positivity and then, you know, throw it around a little bit, but it is a really big moment. It should be a reason to celebrate. You do have him locked up. There was a little fear anytime you have a player that has already that much pull or that much wiggle room, new agency, they want to make a mark. Like We could have seen Ant sign that five-year deal and there'd be a player option on the last year. That would have been worrisome. He is here now for the long term, and that's great, and we should celebrate. I also, because Kevin Garnett is the closest comp to him, it's not Carl, it's, it's Kevin Garnett and the Kevin Garnett Lillard comps, I think, are really good, too, for their loyalty to one smaller market. I'm just being honest because we follow this. Like Having Anthony Edwards is both like a privilege and like a burden. He is going to be the guy that if they flame out in the first round of the playoffs again next year, we'll start to be thrown into like, oh, you know, should he, find, should he try to get out of there? Like when he's three or four years down the road and that next, I mean, he's going to make a billion dollars, I think, in his NBA earnings. Uh He's going to be so good in this league and a face of the league that he is going to be thrown into those. He needs to go to Miami, right? He needs to go to Atlanta where he's from. He needs to go yeah. to a bigger market. So those things are coming. So this isn't just like, oh, wow, we signed Ant. Like, when do we hang the banner? No, you're going to have added pressure on you now, but at least you have time. And that's what some of these teams don't have is like Donovan Mitchell has that huge trade last year. And now he has one more year on his deal before he can leave. Mm-hmm. So you have time, you have what we think is the right front office to start to navigate these transactions and connect them all. But big moment for the wolves. Nas Reed is a big moment, but you have to continue. Jaden's next. And I don't, I don't think Phil Jaden's going to sign this summer. Like I don't, if you really look into it, like there's really no reason for him to do that. Hmm. Uh, I think he's just like, I'll keep playing and make you pay me five years, 150 million, which you know is, or, you know, maybe he asks for a max. At some point, I mean, they have a lot of time to figure it out this next season and into next summer and all that stuff. But yeah, it's only going to get more expensive after you just gave Ant 260 million. So would it be the worst thing, though, if Jade McDaniels, if if his representation said, you know what, man, let's bet on ourselves here. Let's see what you can do this season. So you're saying he would wait till next summer? I so- yeah, I, I get, we get all our stuff from Dane on the cap stuff, but I think they can start negotiating now all throughout the season, and then next summer 
they can continue to negotiate. And then I think he'd be a restricted free agent in 2025. So like there's a long runway here for anything bad to happen, but he does have the same agent as like Deandre Ayton who went out and found a max deal with the Pacers and then the Suns matches. So there's just no, there is there to your point, he can bet on himself um, because that man's got to be looking at him and be like, I am equally as important to this franchise as, as Ant. Is that true? I don't know, but he's the defensive ant, right? And it's like, why wouldn't I want that Desmond Bain contract that he got rather than the Mikel Bridges contract? Yeah, I guess what I, if if he went into the season trying to prove that he's worth something bigger, maybe that winds up being good for the team. But then, you know, the financial issues they have are going to have to be ironed out. Jaden McDaniels will make the 10th most amount of money on this team next year. That's crazy. Like he will that. make less next year. I think he makes $1,000 less than Troy Brown. Yeah. Like that's, that's not nothing like that might not be a, if I got to guard the toughest guy every night and I have to be expected to not punch any more walls, I don't want to make as much as <laughs> the guys that are DNP. And so maybe he won't bet on himself, but I don't think we're going to get a Jane McDaniels contract extension announcement anytime soon. Yeah. Okay. Last thing for you here. And do we have a Kyle question of the week too? Oh, I'll, I'll come up with one. Yeah. Okay. So before we get to that too, uh, a couple days ago, Chris B. Haynes on a podcast with Mark Stein. So two of the, I'd say you got your Woj, your Shams at the, like the godfathers of breaking news. But then there's a second tier of like Chris B. Haynes, Brian Windhorst, Mark Stein, these guys who are super plugged in. Maybe they don't have like every breaking news nugget that Woj and Shams have, but they're like very plugged in and they're kind of in that reckless speculation wind tunnel, if you will. So Chris B. Haynes gets a lot of information. He said on this podcast, quote, the Clippers, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, the Celtics, those are the teams off the top of my head that I know called out to reach to see what it would take to get Damian Lillard. So just flat confirming that the Timberwolves made a phone call to Portland. And then he says, Minnesota, obviously, if they're trying to get in the Dame sweepstakes, you know it would take Carl Anthony Towns, but that was quickly eliminated as well as all the other teams that tried. I'm not going to say eliminated. He continues and says, uh, I won't say New Orleans are eliminated, but the Clippers, I think they know the chances are unlikely. So when he says the Timberwolves called the Blazers, you know that it's going to take Carl Anthony Towns, but that was quickly eliminated. We kind of argued about this on Mackie and Judd today. Yeah, I heard you guys talking about that. Yeah, Judd was kind of saying like, oh, the Wolves made a phone call. They were told it's going to take Towns. And so they said, no, we're not going to do that. And I said, well, why would you call them? Like, it's Damian Lillard. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the great offensive players in the league. What are you going to, like, trade him Gobert and, or, or Jaden McDaniels? and make? How are you going to make the salaries match? As you just said, he's the 10th highest paid. So, like, Gobert and Jaden, you make that phone call because you're gauging Carl Anthony Towns for Damian Lillard. And I think the Blazers are probably the team that said, eh, we can probably do better or we want like younger players or capital rep, right? Am I wrong on this? Like that, I feel like that's why, why else would you call the Blazers? What are you, what are you offering in that conversation if cats off the table? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's been enough, how many times have we done this since like April? Like where there's been enough, not even real smoke, but just like kindling of Carl rumors that you're starting to be like, okay, well maybe like, I think Doogie always says this, right? Like they're maybe not calling being like, Hey, what would you want for, what would you give us for Carl? But they're definitely answering the phones. If people call the wolves about Carl. Um, But I, I, the reporting on that was really weird, but I am kind of with you. Like, I don't, I don't know why Tim Conley who's pretty well respected would call and be like, Hey, like how can we We want, we want Damian Lillard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you have to offer? Anthony Edwards? Well, no, like that's a, that's a non-starter, right? Like Jaden McDaniels, even just logistically, how would you, ha- it would have to be Jaden McDaniels plus Gobert's contract. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why would they take on Gobert's contract? And the, the one, the thing I've learned a little bit doing this now for a couple of years is that the way this is all reported, I mean, we got that and we made content out of it and it was really fun. But a lot of these teams do just like call each other. Like, Hey, like, if like if I went to your house and you were at my house, I was like, hey, what do you what do you want for that gray Minnesota Vikings like blanket sweatshirt in the back? Like they just call and ask a bunch of wild, yeah, like the double XL. Like they just ask a bunch of things, just trying to gauge interest. But then when Chris Haynes or Woldred ever talk to these people, they're like, 
oh, has anyone called you about Dame lately? And like, oh yeah, the Timberwolves called us. Like, <laughs> it's super us, like, weird though, man. Like they, they were like uh, they veggie, a w- Wendell Moore and uh... <laughs> four veggie patties or whatever. So I, it, that that reporting wasn't very good, to be honest with you. So I don't know who. I don't think the Wolves are still like fully putting Cat out there as available, but. I always come back to because I like Portland being out here. I like the Wolves. I'll be like, I think a Carl for Dame trade makes a lot of sense for both sides. Blazers fans don't really love it. I think Wolves fans are not to speak for everyone, but I think they're pretty much like that would make a lot of sense. It also just balance out the roster and the financials a little bit. I mean, Dame's not cheap, but his contract doesn't run as long as Carl's. So yeah, it's interesting. And I also I don't think you mentioned this yet they might've just called to be like, Hey, what would it take? And they're like, well, it would have to be this. And like, Oh no, thank you. But if you need us in a third team or a fourth team, um, they're probably trying to keep their options open because again, this was all fun. Free agency was fun. Summer leagues gonna be fun. They're going to have to make some sort of big move in the next 12 to 18 months. And maybe they're just trying to keep their options open of like, well, if you got to make this a massive four team deal and you want to yeah. get, you know the Toronto involved like maybe we'll jump in and then maybe that's when you see Carl or Rudy or whatever get traded but the the interesting thing here though is so so Lillard finally finally pulled the trigger and said okay I I can't do this anymore it's just like the breakup that everyone saw coming from three years ago is, is finally happening you just hope that he's not too old to really cash in on this but I'm I'm rooting for him wherever he lands to have success and to go to the finals I hope he wins a championship all that said, he wants to go to Miami. Miami has nothing to offer. Like Tyler Hero is the centerpiece. And even I, I don't think they can offer draft picks until like 2026 or 28. I think it's 28, yeah. So, and there's been reports too that the the best package Miami can offer, which is like picks that are way in the future, Tyler Hero and a couple other guys that aren't even as good as Tyler Hero that the Blazers don't want Tyler Hero. So to get Dame to the Heat, they'd have to essentially take some scraps from the Heat and then flip Hero to another team. But then how does Portland wind up getting any value for one of the great offensive players of all time? Unless Portland says, screw it, we are inexplicably, much like the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves were trying to get value for KG back in the day, 15 years ago, but just whiffed on the trade we are going to willingly take like 50 cents maximum on the dollar for Damian freaking Lillard because we want to do right by him and send him to Miami but if they decide we want actual value for him we want something of substance here they have to look elsewhere so it's going to be so interesting to see how this shakes out and how many teams have to be involved if they move away from Miami and Damian Lillard then gets weird about it and says no you know, I, I just, I don't know. This is a really interesting saga shaping up because Miami does not have a good package of assets to offer. This might be better suited for like an August or September rant, but now you got me on it. So I mentioned the thing about Ant. I'm just putting it out there now. Like everyone, everyone is on the same page. Like everything's good right now when it comes to Anthony Edwards and the Timberwolves, but it doesn't even matter because at some point the wolves aren't going to reach. I mean, we were, we're like six months removed from like people being like, is Nikola Jokic like an empty stats guy, right? <laughs> like until you actually reach the mountaintop, you're the smaller market guys. Like they're just, they're always going to be pegged to go to New York, LA or Miami. Mm-hmm. The way the Damian Lillard stuff is being reported is I don't want to say criminal because that would involve jail time, but it is so bad. It is so bad that this guy who probably should have asked out two years ago and is way too nice and has Kevin Garnett characteristics of like wanting to stay loyal to this thing is going to all of a sudden be like disgruntled if he goes and plays for the Nets or the Bucks or something. And the and I'm just saying like the major media outlets that are trying to force this guy to go to Portland because they're like, well, you know, someone reported that they're like, oh, well, potential free agents are monitoring how Portland's going to handle Damian Lord. They never sign for agents here, ever. <laughs> a, they never sign for agents. Like, do you think the so Timberwolves dumb. are nervous about like, oh well, we got to do right by these guys because if the next Luke Ritter will come back, it'll come back around. Million. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, no, no one no, signs here anyway. Get you think, value while you can. Do you think Troy Brown Jr. was like, man, the, the Wolves really took care of their guys? No, he's like, someone's gonna give me four million dollars to probably not play the last three months of the season. Like, sign me up. So that and, and Kyle, whole, dude, the the KG botching the KG trade. Set it was one of a few reasons that set the franchise back bad hires and David Kahn and stuff, but like botching the KG trade as bad as they did, 
helped lead to 15 years of darkness, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're if you're Portland, you can't get caught up in your feelings here. You need to say, listen, we we love it's been a great run, great decade, whatever. We we are nothing without you. And so we we need all due respect to Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp and you know, Anthony Simons like we need to cash in on this. So we'll look at Miami, but if I'm the Wolves, I'm calling back. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm calling it, back. I'm saying you're not Miami. Are you kidding me? But this is another. This yeah. This is like the damned if you do, damned if you don't thing about how the and it is. It's the national media level that covers smaller markets. It's like, well, you got to do right by Dame, otherwise you're going to set your franchise back. Well, if you don't do right by yourself, you're going to set your franchise back. And then if you want to get really tinfoil hat, you could be like. What does Shaden Sharp think? What does Scoot Henderson think? Like, wait, you traded that really good player for pennies, mm-hmm. and now you're not going to give us, like, more ammunition to try to be good? Like, when I have a little leverage in this league, I'm just going to be like, hey, I want out. I want to go to, you know, that team, and you're going to do right by me because you did right by Dame. Like, it's just – it's really – it's truly – I'm not to get worked up. It's disgusting. It's disgusting how, like, it's getting framed. If I'm Lillard and it's like, I want to get out, I want to win – then give your team four or five options. It sounds like he did that, right? Like maybe the Spurs. The, the, the Nets were in that mix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Spurs was weird, but like, I mean, I could see him and Wemby already being a playoff team. So it's just, it has nothing to do with the lifestyle podcast and the community we're building here. But I am telling you, because we've done this long enough and people listening to this, lifelong NBA fans, this is going to come. And this is why you celebrate Ant's extension on what, I don't know what, a Sunday or a Monday, but then you got to get back to work on Wednesday is because at some point the talking heads are just they they love to move the big chess pieces to the biggest parts of the board and it's going to come for ant and it sucks but it's just been a it's been difficult to see how portland's just been like hey you basically just have to like hey buddy we want to get this all wrapped up before friday like just take this one guy who is a fashion model and a couple pick swaps and yeah. give us Dude, your Hall of Fame best player ever. Everyone's like annoyed that Portland would want actual value for Dame. And, 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 and I understand like Portland has put themselves in this position by just not being able to f- fill a right. roster around him and stuff. Yeah, but, they have some blood on their hands too. But now it's like everyone, everyone's just like Portland, just get out of the way. Just give him away for nothing. A couple second round picks and Tyler hero or something. And just, just go be irrelevant for 10 years. But you know, I think, we saw this happen with the Timberwolves. So it just kind of hits close to home on this. Uh, Kyle's question of the week here before we wrap this episode. I don't think we've ever done this, but since we're coming off the 4th of July holiday, I'm just curious if you, I'm curious if people comment too on YouTube, what is your favorite holiday? I need some reasoning. And then what is your least favorite holiday? And, and we're talking like the high profile holiday. Yeah, right? like like I, I'm not going to rip on Flag Day here. You know? <laughs> I know Doogie's a big Flag Day guy, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what month or year that is. So let's uh, let's stick to the bigger ones. And I will say you can throw your birthday in there. Uh, Doogie, Darren Doogie Wolfson, by the way, did tell me that uh, Germany is his favorite flag. And I was like, <laughs> I think I texted him about that. That, that, uh, my Doogie, Moving you know, on. you know, okay. Um, so I would say, dude, I am a, I am a sucker for just like Christmas Eve, Christmas day, oh, okay. little cocktail in hand, friends, family, love me some, I'm so I'm going to say just, it, it's a boring answer, but I just, I love me some Christmas Eve, Christmas day, football, basketball, snacking, whatever. I'm kind of out on Thanksgiving. Okay, that's fair. I like because... stuffing, but I just I don't I don't know that we need to like get a bunch of people together and eat six plates of food at one thirty in the afternoon and then pass out, you know? And then go to work on Friday sometimes. Like that's yeah, it's 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 all a little bit gluttonous to me. Um, so I I I've, what we have done recently is we we find fun restaurants to go to on thanksgiving and that's kind of our thing like okay let's just, or or we'll do like a friendsgiving gathering or something and whatever so but i don't know i'm kind of I, I don't really need thanksgiving i guess that's fair what I, about you I, I would say my my wife was born on halloween so halloween is like oh. twofold so it's always we're a little older now so we're maybe not in vampire costumes out till four in the morning but still a good time to like get a nice dinner maybe throw on a dumb outfit and then have some drinks but also fourth of july was i was reminded this week like just if you can use it to like get to a water 
somewhere like a lake or a river or something and just hang out and as much as this country is going through and we're all divided, like just to have a day where you're just enjoying in the sun and stuff. It's really great. That's what it felt like, by the way, Fourth of July weekend in Las Vegas. Just like it was all of America, all different backgrounds and stuff. We're all just like baking in a hundred eight degree, you know, Vegas pool, just like, you know, rubbing elbows with strangers and stuff. And so, yes, I think, Fourth of July can can be that. We're all certain. Di- we yeah. may have different beliefs on economics and social things, but as long as Josh Minot's coming to town, we're all here to we're have fine. a good time. Yeah, as long as he goes for twenty and eleven and maybe three assists, maybe four, we'll see. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think this is like. I I, I was with the Thanksgiving thing. It might be my second or third. I think it's a little overrated. I think Christmas you eat a lot of the same stuff. I get gifts. A uh, better selection of sports, in my opinion, that day. Uh, New Year's Eve is the worst holiday of all time. I'm out. Yep. I'm out. The worst. You're already because, at the end of your like two weeks of sort of, you know, winter gluttonous yep, Christmas, yep. you know, Starting Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Back a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I got to get to work in a couple of days. And I don't even want to be up till midnight, really. Uh, aging ourselves here a little bit, but actually mornings are cool. Late nights, not so cool yeah. uh, when you're in your 30s. And also, too, like I do like fresh starts. I like the first day of a new month. Waking up on the first day of a new year and just being like, oh, hey. Why am I shirtless in my bathroom? Like I, that's a terrible way to start a year. So New Year's Eve, I mean, I, I'm out on parties anymore. Like it's just the worst. I don't want to stay up late. I don't want to drink that much. Like, it's just it's the worst. So New Year's Eve, dude, we stop down. <laughs> we went. Oh man, my wife and I went. This is probably like seven years ago now, and we got all and we we had like friend gatherings for years and different things. But this one year, we decided let's just do. We don't have any big plans. We're coming back from like a. Uh, I think it was like a Christmas trip to somewhere. So let's just do a little reservation at the St. Paul Hotel, downtown oh, St. Paul. Ooh. Get some get some nice dinner. Go go sit down in the lobby bar, drink some old fashions, and then like we'll be down in the lobby for like everyone kind of comes down for like the celebration, right? I think that was also the first time, or it was like one of the first times that they had the college football playoff semifinal games oh, too. Yeah. So, because I remember we went, we had dinner and we said, all right, it's like, you know, 8 30. Let's go back up. Let's drink a little something in our room. Maybe we can catch some of this game. We'll just kind of reset and then we'll go back down. We both fell asleep at like 10 15. That's fantastic. <laughs> we woke up and I had, we had a couple friends down there too. And like we woke up to a bunch of text messages like, where are, where, where are you guys? It's like, it's like one o'clock in the morning now. We've been in bed for three hours. Uh, but these beds are comfortable at the St. Paul Hotel. Total waste of money. Not because of St. Paul Hotel, because we just don't like to be up late. We just don't need to. I don't know. I'm kind I'm, of with I'm you on this one, man. If anyone listening to this likes New Year's Eve, I mean, like also, too, to kind of tie back in and close this out, uh, the last New Year's Eve was historically bad. Do you remember what happened on the last 12 uh, 31 2022? Oh, was this where they lost the Pistons, the Timberwolves? <laughs> yeah. And they had, they had like the, the closed door meeting. Closed door meeting. I think uh, they <laughs> threw some stuff at D'Lo. I think Luca Garza spoke up. Uh, that was a. I remember that night being like, okay, I got some plans tonight, whatever. Like, I'm going to catch this Wolves game two hours oh, yeah. earlier on the West Coast. Like, let's get this done. And then it's just like, it was like 11 15. My wife's like, are we going to do anything? And I was just like reading the tweets of who got mad at who. I was like, oh, this is. So I'm out on New Year's Eve. Yeah. I'm in on 4th of July and I'm in. I'm, I'm in with you on Christmas too, but. Uh, Halloween also is a good as a one. guy who's about fifty percent Irish with a very Irish last name Mackey too. St. Patty's Day, amateurs. Oh, gonna, oh, I don't need to stand shoulder to shoulder. You know, we got to rank like a, holidays now. That's tent. an August. <laughs> yeah, we should let's just rank like six different things on a show in the middle of August. That's, Valentine's Day underrated. 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 Just slightly. My wife's really big into it, but you know, good meal. I think we both get chocolates at whatever else you want to add to that, that parlay, um, maybe some flowers. So up on okay. Valentine's day uh, and then Memorial day and labor day are always like, just like easy wins, right? Like free squares on a bingo card because you get the day off. Hmm. Yeah. I think we need an official ranking at some point here. Yeah. Hit us up in the comment section too. Do you think Tell me if you uh, like new year's you, Eve and why? Yeah, Cause you yes. can't. And do you think, do you think Valentine's day is really underrated? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the value is coming back around on that one. Maybe the, Slight Maybe buy. this is the right price to buy low on Valentine's Yeah, just Day. a slight buy. Mm-hmm. If you guys could click the subscribe button and the like button on the Score North YouTube channel 
And also give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcast, the Flagrant House Podcast. You can help us spread the word about your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. All of your uh, holiday recommendations here, too. From Kyle, I'm Phil. We'll see you guys next time.